Well, hello there and welcome back to the show. So when my husband and I had kids, we knew that we wanted to create a family together that was different from the ones we grew up in. We've definitely succeeded in parenting differently, especially given our journey with neurodiversity, but I wanted more for our family. When I heard my next guest speaking about something she called family culture, my ears perked up. This was the missing link, the, the thing I really wanted to create for my family. That's why I'm rebroadcasting this impactful conversation that I had with Kimberly Amici. Her process for creating a connected family is brilliant for neurodiverse families. And now that I've had firsthand experience with her methods, I wanted to share what I've learned. Now, with all of the social comings and goings, activities and therapy appointments, school um, it, that goes on in families with ADHD, it sometimes feels like we're flying by the seat of our pants. Logistics, logistics, logistics. And did you ever forget to pick up a kid because you thought your spouse was going to do it? I'm raising my hand. Now, one aspect Kimberly talks about when creating an intentional family culture is holding regular family meetings, which I like to call family check-ins. Since the interview, we have started holding regular family check-ins, and even though my teens still roll their eyes, it has allowed us to grow closer as a family. It has allowed us to create a sense of belonging, security, and connection with our family that had been missing. Now, you'll need to play with the length, the timing, and the content of your family check-in to find out what works best for you. I found that shortening it a little bit and trimming the content really helps make our family check-ins more effective. And we didn't talk about it during the interview, but I find that it helps my kids and myself plan ahead and think things through before we dive into yet another busy week, strengthening that executive functioning muscle for sure. As with everything I share on the show, take what works and leave the rest. Your family is unique, so create a family culture that works for you. Kimberly Amici is known for her creativity, strong faith, and commitment to living life with purpose and passion. She is an entrepreneur, designer, and podcast producer. She is the founder of Build Your Best Family, which helps people live a life of purpose with the ones they love and become the family they were meant to be through podcasts, course, courses, and personal coaching. Kimberly writes at www.kimberlyamici.com, and she lives with her, her husband, Carl, and their family and the New York City suburbs. During this episode, we talk about what family culture is, why it matters, what makes up a family culture, and the endless benefits of taking the time to cultivate your own. It is so much more than creating a family mission statement. We talk about how knowing your values and creating practices based on them makes family decision-making easier. She gives lots of examples here. We talk about how creating a family culture is interesting and important to your family, and that's exactly what keeps our ADHD minds engaged. We talk about how everyone in the family knows what to expect, creating a real sense of security. We talk about how although the, par the parents have the ultimate say, the whole family makes de decisions together, creating a sense of belonging for each family member. We also talk about the simple steps that you can take to start cultivating your own family culture today. But before we dig in, I wanted to share a word from our sponsor. Now, as a mom with ADHD, I am constantly challenged with clutter. 
paper, clothes, stuff. And I am sorry, Marie Kondo fans, her style just doesn't work for me. What does work for me is Krista Lockwood's step-by-step process. Krista is the founder of Motherhood Simplified and an ADHD mama herself who created this system based on her own life and needs. She has generously offered the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD community her powerful course bundle. Her step-by-step paper, clothes, and toys decluttering courses have been bundled and are are immediately available at bit.ly.com forward slash VDM dash motherhood simplified. I will put that link in the show notes too. I mean, the paper course alone is worth its weight in gold. Krista is patient, thorough, and brilliant in her teachings. And I love that all of her content comes in audio, video, closed caption video, and transcription to meet all learning styles, an ADHD mom's dream. So you can consume the content on the go from your phone or at your desk. And just so you know, I only recommend things that I have personal experience with, and Krista and her courses are the real deal. So check out the offer and enjoy the show. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. And Kimberly, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Perfect. Perfect. Now tell us a a little bit about your story. How did you, how did you get to be in front of us today? I'd love to hear the stories. Okay. Um, Okay. So I'm a certified life coach, which just means that I help people get from where they are to where they want to be. When I, you know, when we first got married, my husband and I, well, let me back up a little bit. So for my 40th birthday, I got myself a package of life coaching sessions. And it was a real big pivotal point for me where I thought, oh my gosh, like I can really have control over the life that I want to live. This is Mm, amazing and exciting, right? right? So this sort of overlaps with the time in my family life where I was starting to feel a lot of frustration about what our family looked like. So Mm -hmm. when my husband and I first got married, um, you know, we had long conversations about what we wanted our family life to look like. We, you know, envisioned a really simple life, loving others well, um, you know, all, all the things, you know. Right. And we had children. And then we realized, oh, like, <laughs> this is easier said than done. Not because right. it can be achieved, but because we had let um, everything else and everybody else kind of determine the trajectory that our family was on. So we got mm. involved doing a lot of, a lot of really good things, you know, volunteering in the community. I was a stay-at-home mom. So I was like, oh, I should just volunteer for everything. Um, my husband worked, he commuted into New York City. We were busy, we were, our kids were in all the activities. And so we spent a lot of time going from place to place, but not really having control over where we were going. We weren't really yeah. going anywhere on purpose. And so I, I said, well, I just, why don't we do a family mission statement? And I got online and I was researching how to do a family mission statement. I found that there was a lot of information about why I should have one and what they do. But I was like, 
you need to tell me how to actually put it together. I'm a very practical person. I want right. step by step. I want to know what goes into this. And so that's when I really started to learn about values. And this was sort of around the same time that I was getting my own coaching with a life coach who was helping me understand what values were and asking me to dig deep about what what's important to me. Mm-hmm. And so we did this mission statement and we hung it up and fantastic. Nothing changed. Right, right. I can see that. Yeah, I can see where that would happen. And you're like, this is great. I know what I care about. But like, that is it. Like you, we've we've talked before on my podcast about you put your values up into the attic and you're like, okay, they're there, but they're not really on the main floor where I'm living, right? Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I kind of, in the process of trying to figure out how to put together a mission statement, I started to learn a lot about culture. And that was the missing piece, the piece that took my mission statement into my everyday real life. And what I was starting to learn that that culture is about not only the values that you have, but the values that you put into practice. What do those values look like? I started to understand um, how branding and language and, you know, how that all impacted companies and organizations and made them successful. It wasn't about, Mm. you know, the rule book because not everybody has the rule book when we face situations, but the culture, uh, what we can expect from an organization, from a company, that is what begins to dictate really like our outcome and how successful we are. Right. So I, having been a stay at home mom, but really loving like all these business stuff and leadership stuff. I was like, wait a minute, these two things could go together. And a lot of people in my real life, they have, you know, because I live outside of New York city, um, there's people in positions, friends of mine who understand culture, but go home and everything's a mess and they don't understand why I can't get my kids to do what I want them to do and why we're not living the life I want to live. And that's when I was like, what if we were to bring these two things together? And we really treated our family, not like a business, but the, but what if we put an emphasis on culture right? and what we wanted to be known for and then work backwards from there and help that have that guide our decisions and who we are and how we want to show up. I love that. And yeah, so for us, it was just, you know, out of a deep need to have the life that we wanted to have and not knowing how to get it and just doing the research and saying, hey, there are principles that work and it's not about parenting tips and tricks. It's about so much more than that, right? It's about understanding our values, understanding what it is that's important to us, um, having the tools to say, that will allow us with ease to say yes to the things that matter and no to the things that don't. When you understand your values, when you've determined them, and then even gone deeper and figured out what those practices are that point to those values, you can start to, I mean, you can almost go on autopilot where you don't need to discuss every decision because your values are already pointing you in the direction that you want to go. And so that has been our experience. Um, I was able to say no to things without, you know, guilt. I was able to say yes yes to things without really, you know, ranking a pros and cons list, like certain things that I've been able to say yes to because they line up for my values and the decisions have already been made ahead of time. Right. And um, it's been such a joy for our family because it certainly has helped them make decisions. I mean, there are things that my kids make decisions about that they don't even have to ask me because they already know what is important to our family. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, you know, so an example that I love to give is that um, when my daughter was a freshman in high school, we went to this information meeting for the field hockey team. And um, she, they were saying all the things that they're going to do, what to expect in the upcoming year. And they say, okay, you know, we start all, every year out with a freshman dinner. We have one freshman who hosts a dinner or a lunch for like the team and we're looking for a volunteer. So my daughter, like literally from across the room, just looks at me and I shake my head and she raises her hand because mm. she knows that that's what we do. Like right. when somebody needs to host something, we do it. When somebody needs, you know, a space or, you know, she knows that we step up for those things. And so she's able to make decisions on her own because she knows what our culture is. And I think that, that the best of companies do that for their employees. I mean, right. You think of like Zappos and, you know, part of their story is that they're, they're empowered their employees by their culture. They know what they can do. They know how they can serve their customer and they know that they can, you know, throw in some things to make their customer experience a pleasurable one because their culture dictates that. And so I wanted that same sense of security, but also that same sense of excitement and belonging for my family as these companies that we all care about and respect and identify with, I wanted that same thing for my family. I really, really love that. And that, I mean, that's, you're living a vision-driven family life. I mm-hmm. mean, really. And, and yeah. I love what you said about, about, um, about uh, the making this, the decisions, you know, mm-hmm. I already know this is, this is a yes for me. This is a no for me because we all, we've already decided we've already, yeah. we already know. And I love that because that's cohesive. I think that is what you're talking about. It sounds much more effective mm-hmm. than all the parenting tips and tactics, you know, mm-hmm. that, that to get our think our kids, our, our kids to do what we want them to do. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. they're a part of something. And I really, really, really love that. So is that kind of the, what family culture is? Can, can it, was that kind of mixed into your. Yeah. I mean, so family culture is essentially like what your kids can expect after a long day. It's what your relatives can count on when they come to your house during the holidays. Right. You know, it's, it's what friends know that they'll experience if they stop by unannounced, you know, and back to business. I mean, business is what I've used to model some of the work I do after. Um, but you know what you're going to get from Amazon. You know what you're going to get from Costco. Right, right. Um, when you go to certain places, you know the experience that you're going to have. Um, it's, you know, it's like the DNA of the family, right? It's how the family relates to one another, how they work together and how they achieve their goals. It's yeah. basically what makes them a team. Right. Um, you know, it's just, you know, just the way we do things. Yeah. And what I love about culture is that it feels like this big word, right? It feels like it's, you know, you kind of need, you know, a business degree to understand culture, but you really don't. My kids, when, when they were really young and I started to begin to do this work, one of the things that I said to my kids, we sat them down because I was trying to work this all out for us. And I was like, okay, so when I say so-and-so's family, what do you think of? And they could immediately say, well, her mom has the best snacks and she always sits down and talks to us in the kitchen island and she doesn't shoo us out. Like we always like love to hang out with her. Okay, well, what do you think of this family? Well, every time we go over there, the siblings fight and the nanny doesn't make them stop. Like Mm, the kids already knew 
that their that families had culture that they could yeah. go to someone's house and they knew what to expect another friend of ours you know that you could show up at her front door and unless she's got somewhere to go you're coming in and you're hanging out for at least an hour you right. can help yourself to the cap you know the cabinet because i'm not getting you a drink get your own drink you know what i right, mean like right, so right. you know people already have these identities and so but the value in it is like naming it and leaning into it for your own family so that you can really achieve what it is that you want. Right. Gosh, I really, really, really love that. And I love that, that, um, what you talked about. I, 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 I like to know what to expect. And I, I like, I, I like that you, and you're right. When you walk into a home, we talked about when we were talking earlier about how mm -hmm. mom sets the tone for the home. Well, yeah. this is, sounds like the family sets the tone for the home. So yeah. the, the family, the family tone or what, what you, you'll already know what to expect. And also when something's off, right. You'll yeah. know when something's off too. And how mm -hmm. can we like, let's go back to you. Do you have the, do you have your family go, do you have your mission statement listed and posted or is it, do mm -hmm. you like, a, I'd, I'd love to hear more about that too. Yeah. So we do have it posted in our living room and we also, we have a weekly family meeting. And mm -hmm. so everybody has a job. Um, I'm a big believer in empowering your kids to be a part of the process. And so one right. person opens up in prayer, the other person reads the family mission statement, and then the other person um, actually runs the meeting, like mm -hmm. goes through the agenda. And so we rotate those tasks every week so oh, that cool. everyone has like, gets experience and, and they appreciate the meeting more. They like, they pay attention more because they know what a pain in the butt it is to have people not pay attention to them. Right, right, <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, I love that. Um, and so we do, we do read that mission statement um, on a regular basis yeah, so that we're okay. just reminded of it, you know, right. and we don't, we don't get it perfect. You know, they kind of, my kids still kind of joke around and roll their eyes. Yes, we forgive one another and wh right. whatever it is that the lines are. But at the end of the day, um, because they know that family mission statement, they're, they're even able to hold us accountable to it, mm, you know, and they've often right. said to us, but, mo but mom, aren't we X, Y, and Z? And does this fit with our family culture? And I'm like, mm. like <laughs> <laughs> hmm, got me. <laughs> um, but they're allowed to call us out on it because we're very clear about what it is that we want to be and right. what it is that we want to be known for. And when those things don't line up, um, we can speak to the values instead of speak to the person. And I think that that diffuses mm, right, um, right. a lot of arguments really, really quickly, you know, yeah, and finger pointing and yep. yeah, yeah. And you're doing yeah. something wrong rather than, yeah. oh, well, let's, let's revisit. Well, and it's upfront and, and, um, you're talking about it every week. I love that. I love yeah. that. So yeah. why does it matter? Why does family culture matter? Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned with the com with um, the story about my daughter, it helps you make decisions. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that you don't have to spend time agonizing over. Yeah. Um, I used to volunteer for everything for a, for in the beginning. I was thought that was what I was supposed to do, um, and then when I started to take the work I was doing online more seriously and I was writing more, I said no to everything because I'm like I have to protect my time, you know. Right. But then someone had asked me if I wanted to run the entrepreneurship program at my kid's school, and I was like yes mm. like is a big job oh and eventually knew. right yeah i already knew that i mean i feel passionate about teaching kids about money i feel strongly about entrepreneurship for us wise money management has has been at the forefront of what we teach our children mm -hmm. and so it was a yes yeah you know and that was a huge 
thing. Our, my, my husband got involved in it. My kids got involved in it. They were in the program. They ended up um, being teacher's assistants in the program when they aged out of it. Oh, cool. um, so our whole family, we, we, we ran this program for six years and it's beca- it became what our family was known for because it lined up with our values. Right. Um, so that was an easy yes. Um, it's also important because it gives you a sense of belonging. Like yeah. it tells your children that they matter and that they're part of something bigger than themselves. Mm. So many of the times when um, we host a small group for our church, you know, it's we're hosting the group. It's not mom and dad are having people over. Right. It's we're hosting, right? So they don't have to necessarily stick around, but they're there in the beginning. They take people's coats, they eat food with us, and then they go away. But they also right. help us set up and they also help us clean up. It's like a we right, thing. Right. So um, just empowering them to help them understand what our culture is about, who we are, and we're in this together. I think that sense of belonging is so important now because I think there are a lot of children that think that if they're if they disappear tomorrow, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change how the family runs. Right. And so this right. sense of belonging really, really helps them understand, you know, we all have a part to play and we can do the things we do and we can be who we want to be because we're in this together. Yeah. I think that's really important. That's fantastic. And I, I think, you know, you were saying sometimes your kids roll their eyes and, oh, Harry, here we go. Um, <laughs> but they're going to look back on this, Kimberly, and they're going to be like, wow, my family was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And they're going to want to spend time with you. You know, yeah. I mean, that that's ultimately, isn't that what we, I mean, there, there are a couple of things that are really important to me that I want my kids to know. Mm-hmm. I want them to feel confident I want them to be happy, as happy as mm-hmm. they can be. I really want, it's important to me that they know that they matter. Like that yeah. is super important to me. And yeah. I love, I love that you mentioned that because, um, because, because they're part of the team, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and, and I, I would imagine too, that you would feel like, well, you all have each other's backs. Like you're mm-hmm. all, you're part of a team. We don't, you know, when we, we don't let one person fall, we're going to lift them up. We're going to, yeah. and I just love that. Um, you know, when I was growing up, what well, my, 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 my husband, and I, I came from the quiet family and my husband came from the loud family. And so mm-hmm. we knew that we wanted something for our different for our family the family that we we're creating, but we didn't really like, this was his experience. This was my experience. And so, but we didn't know what to do and we're still, we're still learning. And, you yeah. know, um, but, but we knew that we didn't want, we wanted to create something different, you know, mm-hmm. but we're still in the process. So mm-hmm. when I learned about family culture and I, I actually heard you on a podcast, I can't, can't remember which one it was, but it was about a year or so ago, maybe, maybe right around, the beginning of COVID. Um, mm. But I heard you um, on a podcast and I was like, I love this. My ears are perked. I'm, I'm really <laughs> interested because you're right that, okay, so here, and I'd, I'd heard, you know, since I had my kids, I'd heard these, the family mission statement and that's all great. And my husband and I had sat down and did some core values and, and mm. you know, written some things down, but that was where it stayed, right? Yeah. It didn't really, it never even made it up to the wall. <laughs> It's really, it's in the notebook, Um, Mm -hmm. but I love that, you know, so we've been trying to figure out, you know, we've been, we've been, um, we've been, uh, we do like meetings with ourselves, my husband Mm -hmm. and I, but we haven't Mm -hmm. yet. Actually, we did over the weekend, I took my whole family through, I've been doing vision boards for years and years and years and, but based on a vision, you know, it's it's a different, it's, it's an intentional, right. Mm -hmm. So 
over the weekend, this past weekend, I, um, I took my, my, uh, my family through the process. And of course I got eyes rolled and, you know, the silly pictures that met mm-hmm. like, but then they started getting, getting into it. And I yeah. said, cause my kids are tweens now. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, think about, you know, what do you want and how can we support you? What do we want as a family? What do you want in your mm-hmm. life? You know, my, my son had been talking about, um, about that he want ever since he uh, started going to um, summer camps, he wants to be a counselor. So I said, mm-hmm. okay, you're going to be 14. And that's when the, the counselor and training, the CIT yeah. program starts. So let's put things like that on your vision board so we can move toward what we want. Yeah. Um, but I really, I really love that you, that you talked about that, ev- that, that, um, that everybody knows that they matter and everybody mm-hmm. has a place. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's, that's a missing piece in our culture and our, yeah. you know, that, that we don't, we're so disconnected from family, you know, mm-hmm. um, just we're, we all live in different places. I mean, we tend mm-hmm. to these days, um, yeah. it's kind of part of culture these days to move across the country or for every, to, to get together only on holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 uh, it, it kind of leads sometimes to isolation and feeling mm-hmm. like, you know, um, like that, do I matter? You know, yeah. but, so I love this, like g- giving them that firm foundation that no matter where they go, you know, if they move across the country when, mm-hmm. the, you know, after college, whatever, that they still matter and they have a place. Mm-hmm. I really, really love that. Yeah. Yeah. And one more thing that I love that it does, what culture does is that it energizes everyone. Mm, Um, You know, we like to show up for things that matter. And if you read business books, you'll often hear this, that most people don't stay with an organization because of what they get paid. They stay with an organization because of the value that's placed on them because they feel seen and they feel heard. I mean, yes, money matters, but people would rather work for a company and the companies that retain their employees, it's not that they pay them top, top, top dollar. It's that Mm -hmm. they make them feel like we said, like a part of something. And that gives a certain amount of energy to the home. I mean, they want to be here. My kids want to be here. I mean, of course they want to be out with their friends and they want to do all the things that comes with the, you know, them growing older. Um, But they, you know, when the pandemic hit, it wasn't the end of the world because we had already established a culture. We'd already established things that we love to do together. We'd already identified what it is that we stood for and what we wanted to do out of, in life and what we, how we wanted to show up for one another. Yeah. Um, and again, it's not perfect. I mean, I have kids, they, they right. Yeah. You know, they roll exactly. their eyes. They're like, oh. but there's something that, that keeps them tethered to who we are yeah. and that's culture. Right. Gosh, I love that. I love that. And I, I love that idea of um, thinking about the businesses. That's brilliant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's true. My husband, um, my husband was with this one company for twelve years, and you know what? Every year for twelve, it was all about what what everybody was doing wrong. You know, it mm-hmm. was just a, it was yeah. it was it was not a good culture, and it was and he mm-hmm. didn't like it, and it was um, and it was hard. Mm-hmm. And then he um, he was laid off, and um, he started working for this other company. I think it's been maybe six or seven years now. They value him like you wouldn't even believe. Like he is part of, they, they include him in everything. Mm-hmm. They actually thanked me. Like when, when I, I, they had a Christmas party. I can't remember. Maybe he started in the summer and at Christmas, they had their annual Christmas party and his, his, uh, his manager and then the supervisor above him, they were really interested in me and they, they both thanked me for letting him 
I, I don't letting him, I don't know. He <laughs> thanked me for, for, you know, for maybe he works off oh, some overtime hours or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it was completely different. And you know what? He is, he is, um, he is, uh, he's engaged. He is engaged mm-hmm. with that company. He is engaged. He, he wants to work. That's the thing too, mm-hmm. with the other, with the company that he was with before, um, you know, it's like, what's the point? You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not getting anything. I'm giving, 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 mm-hmm. but this other company was, it was a complete contrast, you know? So yeah. I love that you paired those, the, mm-hmm. the home and, and, um, and businesses. And I, I, I really love that idea. Mm-hmm. So, so what makes up the family culture? Okay. So I have four, I have four ways that are just easy to get going on, mm-hmm. you know, pretty quickly to start cultivating a healthy family culture. And the one thing which we've talked about and is values, right? And right. I would say, I know that could be for some people, a scary word, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it right. really is just to create your intention. Number one, create your intention. So what is it that you want your family to be known for? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, once you're able to identify what's important, then you're able to make decisions that line up with that. Right. And that's the game changer. You're, you can just stop doing things the way they've always been done. Done, um, and do them a new way. You know, um, you talked about your family there. One of the part of the process of creating attention is examining your past and examining that your different backgrounds and saying, I want to bring this forward and I want to leave this behind. And, you know, this was fantastic, or this was not something that I want to bring into my now family. Mm -hmm. So understanding what it is that you want and making those decisions ahead of time. And like I mentioned, we got our kids involved in the process when it came time um, to figure out what it is that we wanted to be known for. And and you already are known for something. So you already have a culture. It really depends on whether or not you are driving it and doing it with intention. So it was pretty easy to get our kids involved and say, Hey, well, what do you, well, what are our favorite things to do? And what, what do people like about us? And what it is that, what is, what do you want to be known for getting them involved Mm, in the process? Um, You know, and they didn't say anything that was, you know, super, you know, extraordinary, but we love to play games and we love to travel and we love to have people over and, and, you know, giving them the examples of other families allow them to say, yeah, we don't want people to like feel uncomfortable every time they come to our house because we're fighting. Right. Right, Now I could have told them that they shouldn't fight. So people don't feel uncomfortable, but they came to that own conclusion on their own Mm. because of that process of asking questions and giving them the ability to decide what it is that they want to be known for. Um, So getting them involved with it, that allows them to take ownership of the family's culture. And of course, as, as the parents, I believe it is our job to set the values, um, but the kids can really come alongside and sort of bring those other pieces of the puzzle together, um, what it is that they enjoy, who they are as people. And, and so, yeah, getting them involved in the process and creating an intention together is, is, I would say, number one, one of the great things you can do. Right. Um, number two is talk regularly. So I already mentioned that we do family meetings Mm -hmm. and, you know, again, back to business, like just in a workplace or an organization, regular team meetings are a given, like you wouldn't think of starting a project without having a meeting. Um, they keep people informed. They help you achieve goals. They make sure everyone's on the right track. Like these are things that we can do in our family. Like our family doesn't have to be left up to chance. It doesn't have to be just like this organic reacting to everything in our lives. Right. Um, so talking to one another, you know, when we do our family meetings, we review our schedules. We talk about goals. We solve problems. We use it as an opportunity to just reiterate and create expectations. Mm-hmm. Um for what it is that we want, um, 
you know, like a perfect example, like COVID shutdown. Okay, guys, we love watching TV, but we're not going to spend every day binging a new show. <laughs> right. At the end of this, here's an expectation I have for you. I expect that you're going to do something that helps you grow mentally. I want you to get outside and be physical. Yes, we can watch TV shows, but I want you to, you know, we expect you to pitch in. You have more time to be, you know, so creating what it is that you want because, um, you know, a lot of problems are caused because we haven't shared our expectations right. or we misunderstand expectations. So regularly talking with your children and with your family members is important. Um, yeah, like I just creating a consistent place where you can check in with one another and actively engaging with one another just promotes that belonging. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, my, um, so my husband and I have, we, we work with a marriage therapist, but it's really, it's, it's for maintenance. You know, mm -hmm. originally yeah. years ago, it was for like, you know, keeping our marriage together, but, but, but now it's, so we, we meet with him um, every other week and, but every week we have what we call, well, it's kind of a Gottman, John Gottman, mm -hmm. um, the John Gottman way, but he talks about the, um, the state of the union mm -hmm. meeting. So we've been doing that, the two of us, but we haven't done the family. We, we have family meetings every once in a while, yeah. but I love the regular, the, the regularity of what you're talking mm -hmm. about is that yeah. it's, it's continual. And I also love that the, that the kids have a voice, mm -hmm. you know, that's really important to me. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, I, my, my parents were going through um, their own stuff and I just, I didn't really feel like I had a voice, you mm -hmm. know, or, or, and, yeah. and, and it's nice to have, um, it's nice to, to give them the, um, the opportunity that, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that's a, that's a part of feeling like they matter, like they're part yeah. of it, you know? Yeah. And we started this when our kids were real young. I mean, they were like maybe five and six and we'd be mm -hmm. like, okay, here's what's going on this week. Who do you want to play date with? What do you want to make, you know, any, any suggestions for dinner? Like oh, we let great. them be a part of what we were doing. We like, we gave them a space to, to have a voice. I mean, and as they got right. older, it was like, okay, do you need a ride here? Do I need to co coordinate a carpool? Um, what do you have this week? Where do you need to be? And all of that stuff really um, <clears throat> could be, can cause problems and cause division in your home. If you don't just talk about it, like get right. on the table and just find a place we don't want, you know, it eliminates that confusion and eliminates making decisions on the fly, which could be really painful. <laughs> Yeah, right. Because <laughs> um, again, you know, like if you're in a funk, if you're having a bad day, you're maybe not making the best decisions. But if you've already talked about it at your family meeting and you have things in place, you don't have to let that ruin your week, your day. Yeah, I, I love that you added that piece in because I think that's that's huge. The mm -hmm. the keeping everybody. I really think you have to talk about it. You know, we have we have a um, we have a, a kind of the 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 area in my home uh, in the kitchen where um where um where you know there's the calendar and there's like all the important stuff mm -hmm. right um mm -hmm. but we we're not regular i'm usually usually talking with one person about okay so this is what you need or i'm talking to my husband about you know logistics or or, yeah. or that kind of thing but i love that i love that 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 it's not just a and it's also that they're having things that you're, you're giving the, them the opportunity to have something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And I think especially where we are, you know, who would have thought that we would have been here yeah. a, a year ago? 
I mean, in this place a whole entire year. I think we all thought that we were just going to go home for a little while. Yeah. I don't know how long. In the beginning, I was like, yes, I love this. We're home. (laughs) We got the chickens and did a vegetable garden. Um, But but having something to look forward to, I think, Mm. is huge. And not just during a pandemic, just like, mm-hmm. you know, it, I think it's one of those, you know, we, we talked about joys and I think mm-hmm. that is, that's really helpful to have something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, but I love that you added that piece about, about the, um, about talking about what's not, not just the, you know, the, the, your, um, your mission and your values and, and like your, the beginning part of what you talked about, mm-hmm. but that you're also talking about the week, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't even think about that, but I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And even with like the month and like, so one of the things I used to get upset about that I was always disappointed in myself was not planning for days off for school, but now we're like, okay, so next month we have off, you know, like it's president's day or teacher conference or whatever. Like, let's start talking about what we want to do next month on that day. Right, right. Right. So you're even like looking forward to the future and, and creating things to get excited about, putting things on the calendar that you can look forward to. Um, I, I feel like it gives you, and we can't control everything clearly where we are now, but yeah. there's some things that you can have control over. And I think that um, there's, there's security and comfort in that, especially for our children. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, so number three is um, give and receive feedback. So this is something mm. that um, I love Ooh, to do. Ooh, this sounds <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Okay. So I want to set you up with another business example. So um, in most organizations, they do a 360 peer review. And so what that means is that you, when it comes for review time, when they, when it comes time for them to figure out compensation or promotions, they do these reviews. So how is, you know, you get to review your manager, you get to review the people below you. Um, There's even opportunities for you to uh, rate and review the people that you work with. And what I love about this is that um, it's such you know, again, like they do it in the business. So what would it look like for us to do it in our family? And what I love about this process is that it creates self-awareness. You know, it gives us insight into our strengths and weaknesses. It helps us provide accountability for the areas that we want to see growth. And if done the right way in a healthy way, it fosters a culture of openness where everyone feels like their voice is heard. So for us, um, it is actually a resource that I have available on my website, but it's, we do it in the form of a family retreat. So much like a company would oh, do an fun. offsite retreat um, right. where you go and you, you do activities that are team building, where you can enjoy each other's company and where you have an opportunity to really talk candidly about what you're thinking. And so, for example, some of the questions that are on there include, you know, what are your favorite things about our family? What are mm-hmm. your, our, your least favorite things about our family? Um, we give everybody an opportunity to rate each other, you know, mom and dad, rate mom and dad. How are we doing in this area? How are we doing, um, you know, and follow through? Do we follow through with what we say? Like it's rate us on a scale of one to five. Like, <laughs> um, and then we do, um, you know, we do sessions. We'll do like, you know, one particular activity, then we'll go do something fun and we'll come back and we'll talk about our answers. Mm -hmm. And um, what I love about this is like the first year, our kids were like, all three of them were like, we hate being late. We're always late. Mm. Right. So this is something that they all agreed that they did not like, and they didn't get together and figure this out. I mean, when we started this, I think my youngest was six. So they were like six, eight and 10, you know, but they, they, it was like, oh, well, we can fix this. 
Like we right. can, we can make some changes that creates an environment where our kids are thrilled to be a part of it. So this, we can do this. Right, it took a little right. practice because it didn't come natural. Yes. <laughs> Naturally to be on time because we had to break some bad habits, but we were able to take action on the things that we were given feedback about. Mm -hmm. And they were surprisingly, and I think it because they felt like they were being heard, they could hear us. Right. And they could hear each other when, you know, the one was like, well, you always do X, Y, and Z. And then they would look at one another and go, I know, you know, like there, right. there was um, just a, a humility in that process. Of course, because I believe it is because we made it fun. I believe it is because we, you know, practiced basic principles of like listening and not dismissing and, and being open and wanting to ask, you know, ask questions. Well, why, why do you give me an example? Why do you feel that way? And so just that process of a yearly feedback for us has been fantastic. Again, yeah. we talked, we mentioned earlier about like kids being able to hold us accountable to our culture. Our kids have been able to say, you know, we talked about this at the family retreat. Like, this is what you said you would do, mom. Oh, you right. Know? Oh, so important. So I love good. that. Yeah. You know, for, and I, for and all I, of we us. Heard, yeah. You know, I, my, our, my one daughter was like, I need you to push me more. And I'm like, really? I thought mm. I was supposed to give you space. Right. So now I'm just a little bit more like, hey, I'm checking in with her a little bit more often. Have you done this? Do you take care of this? Like, did you see that this date's coming up on the calendar? And so just getting, um, like we would never guess that these are things that they were thinking. Yeah. And so I think giving and receiving feedback is just um, what a healthy organization does. I think it's can be part of what a healthy family does. And it just prepares them for what they're going to encounter when they get into the workplace or when they get right. into a, a more rigorous academic environment, maybe like college, like they'll, they're already be in a place where they can receive feedback, where they can give feedback. And, and it's, it's always pointing them towards growth. Right. Right. I love that. It, I bet that is a sticky point for a lot of people is that, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> getting mm -hmm. the, the, the hearing, but I mean, that you're right. That's how we grow. And, mm -hmm. and I love that, um, that also, so it's not like we're just telling them do this, do this, do this. Mm -hmm. Have you done this? Have you done this? It's, it's a, it's a conversation, which is hugely different, mm -hmm. hugely different than correcting, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and giving them that space too, and, and allowing for, you know, it's, it's really, it's allowing for failure too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I did this, but we can, and, and, and knowing what we can, okay. So we're, we're aware of this situation or this thing that's not working. So now we can take the steps, you know, we can decide on steps to, to, to write mm -hmm. it or make it yeah. different. Yeah. And that's what we've added over the last couple of years is a little bit of a one-on-one -on -one meeting afterwards with the kids to say, Hey, here's what we came out of that conversation. Let's pick one area that we can work on. Just like you would mm, do right. at an organization, you know, yeah. you get out of those reviews views, you often get goals. And then your, your, your manager will meet with you midway through the year to say, how are you doing on this? And so we try to do that with our kids as well. Um, right. And it's not like we're pulling it out of thin air. It's something that they're, they're very aware of you know, is an issue and that we can improve. Yeah. It's not like, right. It's not like all of a sudden you're like, where in the world did I that know, right? come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and it's a great opportunity too, to affirm them. Like right. I'm, you know, we make sure as parents, and they're getting better at this because we've modeled it for them, we're able to say, okay, here's what I see in you. And here's what I love about you. Um, 
And it's, so it's not just about uh, giving them a hard time, you yeah. know, because there are certain categories where they're nailing it. And right. I want to make sure that they know, like we, so we see this, we appreciate yeah. this. We see how you keep your room clean and how you take responsibility for your stuff. Like we really appreciate that. So, so it's not just about telling them what they're doing wrong. It's about giving them an, like an overall picture of who they are, how they're growing, where they, and where they can go. Yeah. I love that. I love that. All right. Yeah. And, and number four, what's number, number four? four. Um, this is just have fun together. Oh, I love that <laughs> one. Is, yes. This is a big one. Um, you know, especially, oh gosh. I mean, again, I mean, I feel like we're just keep talking about the pandemic, but like going into the pandemic, this was one of the most important ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're overwhelmed and you're stressed out, the last thing that you want to do is have fun. <laughs> right. Right. Like, you know, like our, our instinct is to self-isolate to, like you mentioned earlier, go into that fetal position, like mm-hmm. just, uh, just hunker down. But what we need to do is have fun. It's exactly what we need to release the stress that we're, we're experiencing. Yeah. And it is, and it, it's, it's an integral part and in building a strong family identity. It strengthens your relationships. It reminds you guys what you enjoy to do together. And, you know, my kids don't always love doing the same things, but over the years, we have made sure that we do something that everybody loves. So we yeah. take turns doing the things we love. And so, you know, my, you know, especially when we travel, it's like the perfect little microcosm. We will pick something that everybody's interested to do and they yeah. can put up with what they don't want to do because they know they're eventually going to get to do what they want to do. Right. right, so, right. so this idea of what is it that you have fun to do? What is it your siblings have fun doing that you can join them in because you care about them? And, you know, I have mentioned I have older kids. There are times when we get pushback from them. I mean, they just, you know, don't always want to do our ideas. They don't always want to do like the game night or like one time it was snow tubing. We're like, no. This is not negotiable. Like fun is not negotiable. You are going, we are going. And I would say more times than not, I don't think I've ever remember a time where they literally hated it the entire time. Like they eventually start to have fun. Um, You know, and even if, you know, what we, one of the things that we did in the beginning of the pandemic, when they were sort of rolling their eyes at like another game night, I was like, okay, well you get to pick the music and you get to pick what what our snacks are going to be. And you get to try the board game tonight. Like, making them not just, not just putting the fun on them, but like, like this is them, what we are going yeah. to have fun right now. <laughs> yeah. Making them be like having, giving them decisions. Like right. what is it that we want to do? And, you know, for us in the beginning um, of the shutdown, our kids were, we let our kids listen to the music that they listened to in their headphones. Uh-huh. And we were like, Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So like, <laughs> They were letting us into our world and that board game that they didn't necessarily wanted to play right. was more fun for them because now they were getting to play like their music on the Sonos. Right. And so really making fun non-negotiable, they, they, they eventually they come around and they enjoy themselves. And I think that just letting down their guard, being able to enjoy themselves just allows for so much connection. It allows for, um, yeah, just the right to speak into their lives because we're willing to just have fun and have it not all be about performance and what they should or shouldn't do, but really about like who we are together. You know, one of the, um, one of the things that I loved about my childhood is that we would, my dad would take my mother on a trip um, once a year. We'd go on a family trip every other year. So he'd, Mm -hmm. he'd, my parents would go one year and then the family would go the next year and then 
um, that's how trips went. We would have a blast on the trips. And, uh, and, and, and I, but I, and I love that. And I bring that into my, into my family. Um, but I also want the, the fun in the home, you know, mm-hmm. so the, the, the game nights and the chickens have been a blast. Yeah. I just <laughs> never knew. I mean, we set up badminton in the backyard and, yep. um, but, um, but this one particular trip, we took the kids, it was a couple of years ago, we went to, um, universal mm-hmm. and, uh, and so the, my kids were, they were old enough so that they were really into it and um and they had stamina so um at one point we were in the i don't don't know if you've ever been to universal there's like the the central part and then the parks kind of stem off from from the um from the central part um my son told me my, my son was like I feel so free. Like he was talking about pure joy. Like we were just having so much fun. And those are the memories that I want to bring forth. Mm -hmm. And I want to find more ways to bring that into the family, into Mm -hmm. the everyday and and have it not be, you know, for our family, the fun was when we were away from home. And I would love to, for the fun to be in the home as well mm-hmm. and, and not be the, we're going to play this game and we're going to have fun. Cause sometimes <laughs> I find myself doing that. Like we're, it's game night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're doing tonight. Yeah. Um, but making it, but I love the idea. I love the idea of making it, you know, you pick out the, the snacks and you pick out mm-hmm. the, um, the, uh, you know, the music. I love that making it more so that everybody, everybody has a, a, a piece and a part in it. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Kimberly, mm-hmm. this has been, I'm riveted. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I really, 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 really love, um, love this whole concept. And, um, so, um, at the end of each show, I ask, I ask my, uh, my guests to share with us a time in motherhood that felt impossible that you either overcame or that you achieved. Can you tell us about a time? Yeah, so this was a hard question, um, but you know, I was thinking about the relationships mm-hmm. of you know as a mom. So, you know, I my story is kind of typical for many in my area. We lived in New York City. We decided to have kids. We moved to the suburbs. So I found myself as a stay-at-home mom in the suburbs without friends. Right. Mm. My, my friends from work right. weren't keeping in touch with me. They were just living a completely different life. And so I think in the beginning, motherhood was really hard without a community. And, yeah. you know, I went through a season of, you know, feeling sorry for myself mm. and feeling like, you know, looking for people to reach out to me. And what really changed for me was the decision to start reaching out to other people. Yeah. And saying, okay, like, I can't wait around. Like, this is too hard to do on my own. I can't, I can't keep doing it this way. And I started to um, invite other moms to come over and Mm, connect. And, you know, I had this one mom say to me um, at the time, her oldest was in college and her youngest was like four. So my daughter's age. And I invited her over and she's like, you know, so she had been a mom already for a long time. Mm. You know, my oldest was four. And she said, I don't think this has ever happened before. And I'm like, what? And she's like, somebody invited me over to the house that didn't know me. Mm. You know, because for so long, people wait until they get to know you before they have you over. Or they wait right. till they get to know you before, you know, you, you go for that cup of coffee. And for me, it was more um, of a survival instinct yeah. to just right. come over 
you know, and I literally that day, like we made grilled cheese sandwiches for the kid. I mean, nothing fancy, like just right, right. grilled cheese, you know, a soda maybe, or a soft, you know, whatever water and some goldfish and yeah. just to spend the afternoon. And so I had to, you know, it felt like an impossible situation. It felt like I was alone, but I had to take the steps to really connect with other people because as a mom, I needed to be in relationship with other people. I needed to, you know, like chase the joy, like find out what I needed to fill me up so that I could be a better mom. So they could be a better wife. And, um, I think it would have been really, really hard to, you know, I wouldn't be who I was today if I didn't take the steps to create, um, yeah, a circle of, of moms and friends and a community. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. And I think that um, that does feel impossible for mm-hmm. a lot of us. I mean, it, we, we tend to be, we tend to not live near our families mm-hmm. um, these days. So we end up isolated. And here when we're supposed to be in community, I mean, that's, we're communal beings. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what we're supposed to be with other people, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and hugely important. And um, yeah, I love that. I love that story. I, I, um, I, stayed in the same town I was living in, but when I had, when I, when I had my kids, it, it, it did feel like, where's my place? I'm, I'm an older mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, I was at, I was at the park with, um, with, uh, um, with moms that were much younger than me. So find, kind mm-hmm. of finding, finding your place and, and, yeah. um, that whole thing, it does feel impossible, but, but it yeah. is possible, right? We don't have to stay in that isolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. And there's somebody that's waiting for us to just ask them. To ask them something. and say, oh my gosh, nobody's ever invited me to do we this. All, yeah, we all think everyone's got it going on and they're completely content and they've got friends and you just never know who's waiting to ask you. That you know, is so them. true. And then yeah. until you start talking, you have t- talking to people and really sharing you have no idea that, oh, mm-hmm. you too? I thought yeah. it was just me. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's nice. That community is super important. Yeah. So Kimberly, tell us, uh, tell our listeners how they can find you. Mm-hmm. And you also have a, um, a, uh, a free download, a free, free yeah. tool for them. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So um, you can find me at buildyourbestfamily.com. That's where I house all things family culture. Um, I have a podcast there and you can find me on Instagram as Build Your Best family and Kimberly Amici. Um, I also have KimberlyAmici.com, which I do a little bit of other writing that doesn't fit under that umbrella. Um, yeah. So you can find me. My podcast is on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and all the places. Um, but for the freebie that I have for you guys, so I put together um, just some resources that'll help you do some of the things that I talked about, some of those four steps. Um, one is a family culture discussion sheet, which just gives you questions that you can discuss with your spouse or that you can go through um, to help you set your intention. And then that comes along with the kids version, which just means similar questions in a language they can understand. Um, uh, and there is the family meeting packet. So it's everything that you need to know to have a family meeting, sample agendas, why it matters. Um, there's a sneak peek of the family retreat that I offer in my shop. So it's just a, just a few of the questions that we ask in our peer review or in our family review. Um, and then there's a sheet of family fun suggestions so that you can have fun together. Um, most of them are, um, off technology, (laughs) some of the things that we forget that we like to do together, um, 
And so those just some suggestions. So that'll be all wrapped up in a little bundle for your listeners. That sounds fantastic. That sounds really amazing, very generous. And be sure, we didn't even talk about your podcast. Yes, be sure to check out Kimberly's podcast, Build Your Best Family. Um, it's fantastic. And she, she she has all kinds of amazing guests on. And and you want to learn more because she she does some teaching. You do some teaching on your, um, on your podcast too, mm-hmm, right, Kimberly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, definitely. So you can learn just continue to to dive in. I'm interested. So I'm thinking that you might want to be interested too. So, <laughs> anyway, well, um, Kimberly, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for, for sharing um, all about family culture. I'm really excited to, to start taking some of these principles and putting them into practice in my own family. Thanks for coming. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's been great. All right. And remember that anything is possible even in the midst of motherhood. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. To get started on your Vision Driven Mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.